0: Welcome to The Baptist Broadcast, where we do biblical, intellectual, and uncompromising theology for God-lovers. Hey, I want to get into uh, today uh, on the subject—I want to get into the subject, let me say that rightly—I want to get into the subject of empathy today. Empathy is all the rage, and even if it's not used explicitly in term, it is assumed in a lot of the social justice stuff, and a lot of the gay Christian stuff— Empathy is largely assumed. The Gospel Coalition is famous for pushing empathy. Recently, Dr. James White came out and said something about empathy, and if you are interested uh, in his mind and in his heart behind what he said, then I would encourage you to go read his recent post on Facebook, He posted it about eight hours ago. He is clarifying his thoughts there and also responding to those who immediately jumped to the chance to throw him into the fire uh, because he rightly so uh, denies the modern conception of in, in, uh, of empathy. I'm going to go further and I'm going to deny empathy altogether as something that is sinful. And it's sinful because it is something that goes against the grain of the objective revelation of the Holy Scriptures. And the difference here, brothers and sisters, is between accommodation on the one hand and imitation on the other. Accommodation on the one hand and imitation on the other. In Romans twelve fifteen, for example, we, we see the text says rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And uh, soon... After that, if you look at verse 16, be of the same mind toward one another. The word there is not be of identical mind toward one another. This is urging a unity in mind, uh, which is something that we would all agree with. That's not the same thing as empathy, as we'll get to here in a moment. And it says, do not set your mind on high things, but associate. And the word there is actually accommodate with the humble or the lesser things. Do not be wise. In your own opinion. And so when Paul says, you know, I became the weak for the sake of winning the weak, that's a, a bad paraphrase, but you, you know what, you know what scripture I'm talking about. He is talking about accommodating himself to others in lawful ways. And that's exactly what's being spoken of here in Romans 12. We are to accommodate one another in the biblical ways, okay. Uh empathy, that's not what empathy means. Um Romans twelve, uh the accommodation that, that is revealed to us in Romans 12 is is really uh an an outworking of sympathy and compassion, which are which are obviously biblical. It, that's not what empathy is. If you just trace the historical development of the term empathy, uh you if you read the Puritans, for example, a lot of the people involved in this discussion and and who are troubled by it love the Puritans. Well, go read the Puritans and try to find the word empathy. You won't find it because it is a nineteenth to twentieth century term. It was literally invented in that period of time. You say, well, maybe the word was invented at that time, but the concept surely was there previously to that. And I would challenge that as well. This this is a post Enlightenment thought. Uh, the, the 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 German term. From which we get our our, our English word empathy. Uh, it, it, it literally means feeling into. Einfüllung, is the German to- term. Um, and and just kind of reading here from the uh, from the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy. Before the psychologist Edward Titchener eighteen sixty seven to nineteen twenty seven introduced the term empathy in nineteen oh nine. So it's a twentieth century term into the English language as the translation of the German term "Eifelung" or feeling into. Sympathy was the term commonly used to refer to empathy-related phenomena. I would actually disagree with that because when you go through here and you, you, you look at what or how empathy is construed, you will say, well, that's not... Sympathy. That's not the outworking of sympathy that we're seeing in places like Romans 12, for example, this accommodation. Really what empathy forces you into is imitation. And unfortunately, because experiences are important, we all agree that experience is important. When someone experiences something either good or bad, that is a unique experience for that person. And if we are legally bound to go and have empathy for that person... What that means is we are to imitate that person's understanding of their of their experience, which 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 my concern with all of this re, results in a fabricated relatableness. Right? the Christian religion is not about fabrication; anything it's about genuineness. Um, if one were to point to a conceptual core or a conceptual core for understanding these phenomena it is probably best to point to david hume's dictum that the minds of men are mirrors to one another says the sep the stanford encyclopedia of philosophy the minds of men are mirrors to one another and that's kind of the undergirding enlightenment presupposition that undergirds that undergirds empathy and it's this idea that the that the mind of one individual mirrors the mind of another individual—it's called in another language—it's called inner imitation. Uh, it says also in seeing the angry face of another person, we instinctually have a tendency of imitating it and of imitating her or his anger in this manner. So, ask yourself: Is that biblical? That's empathy. That is the philosophical definition and and kind of a, a brief synopsis of the historical development of empathy is that biblical if you see your friend crying and you just decide to imitate their sadness is that biblical no it's absolutely not it's not when Romans 12: 15 says rejoice with those who rejoice weep with those who weep what it's saying is accommodate yourself to that person don't imitate them for the sake of some grand virtue signal, right? You're not imitating them for the sake of imitating them. And, and there's, no, there's no legal or, 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 or lawful reason why you should do that, right? Instead, we accommodate ourselves to one another. We are there for one another. And in that sense, we suffer with one another, but it is impossible for me. So let's say, let's illustrate this with a picture. Um, let's say you have a friend who just lost their parent in a tragic car accident. It wasn't expected. It just happened yesterday, and you're seeing your friend today, and you go up to your friend, and and you're, you're struggling. You're trying to find the words to say. You're trying to figure out how to best be there for them. Now, is it possible for you to actually relate for you to actually relate in terms of imitation or mirroring mirroring their understanding of what has happened is it possible for you to do that and the answer is absolutely no i had a fourth grade teacher when i was in fourth grade i'll never forget this he said i hate it when you know after something bad someone comes up and says oh i understand when you know good and well that they have never been through that situation and so it's this kind of virtue-signally like fabricated way of relating to another person, and it's cheap. It's cheap, is what it is. So the answer, really, to to the to the going back now to the to the illustration of friend losing a parent in a car wreck yesterday, you meet them today. No, you cannot understand where they're coming from, and 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 that's not actually possible for you to actually do that. It is possible for you to pretend to do it. It is possible for you to pretend to do it. But again, is that biblical? Is it biblical to pretend that you understand? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, The other issue that this runs into is you're basically dealing with perspectives. And in this whole issue with social justice and all of that, one of the most flawed epistemological approaches is what we would call perspectivalism or standpoint epistemology, and it's this whole idea that you know we need multiple standpoints or multiple perspectives bearing down on the holy scriptures so that we can understand them better. So you know uh, we don't need a white perspective so much, but we need uh, you know a black perspective on the scriptures. We need a uh, Indian perspective on the scriptures. We need an Asian perspective on the scriptures, and and and, and it's this whole Uh, Approach that prioritizes epistemology. It's 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 not just rationalism; it's idealism, Um, and and it completely wrecks the reality of the objective world, right? And and this kind of does the same thing where it says, okay, you need to jump from your perspective into the shoes of someone else's perspective, right? And ironically, you know what's funny about all of this is, you know, the whole social justice thing and BLM and all that—the the critical race crowd will say, "Well, it's impossible for you as a white man to relate to a black person, right, or a black American." And uh, you know, uh, this is the same group of people pushing empathy. Well, if it's impossible for me to relate to them, that it's impossible for me to be empathetic at all, right? Um, and and I would agree with that. Like, I can't empathize. Uh, I have never been in their shoes, right? I literally can't do that. I can I can uh, hypothesize what it might be like. I can try to imagine what it might be like. But the truth of the matter is, is like I cannot trade my experiences in for theirs. They are the only ones, in, in some cases, they are the only ones that experience what they experience, right? So like if I've never been in a car wreck I can't walk up to someone who has been in a car wreck and say, "I totally understand what you're going through." Right now, if I have been in a car wreck, I could I could walk up to someone and say, "I understand what you're going through," not because I'm artificially, tr- tr- you know, adopting your experiences or trying to understand something that I really can't understand, but because I've been there. I've I, I've actually I've actually experienced that, and so I, I can I can relate to you in that. But again, that's not empathy. That is accommodation. That's me saying that's not me taking their experiences from them and appropriating them with my own life or or applying them to my own life. That's me saying, "No, I've had a different experience, but it was similar, and so I can understand and let's talk about that. Let's let's talk about it as brothers perhaps in Christ and and work through maybe some of the trauma that was that was caused there's no need for me to try to get in their shoes right in fact that's something that is impossible for me to do and there's no reason if i haven't been in a car wreck like that other person there's no reason for me to say i understand you right because i really don't um another another analogy another illustration we might use is this whole idea of you know someone dying well if 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 you you know just lost someone to cancer that you loved, a parent, a sibling, maybe even a child. Um, How would you feel like if somebody came up to you who had never been, you know, they have never been through anything like that, yet they try to fabricate an understanding for the sake of trying to make you feel better. So they come up to you and they say something like, I understand what you're going through. And you know, darn well, they don't. That's an incredibly, um, fabricated way to approach a situation right empathy is an incredibly fabricated way to approach a situation um part of all this again this all goes back to the philosophy of of, of uh, idealism it's this whole German idealism uh, again this is empathy is something coming out of of of, of kind of the German you know critical you know, school of thought. And, uh, you know, and it's riding on the coattails of, of enlightenment philosophy, Hume and Kant and all of them. So empathy is a really idealistic concept. If you're a realist, you believe that you are a person and that the other person that you are, uh, having communication with is a person, right? And you both have your own individual real lives. And, um, and there's no way that you can you know uh i guess appropriate their experiences as your own that that just doesn't that this doesn't work if it's an ex- if it's something they've been through but you've never been through now let's say you both went through it and you were together when it happened like you both got into a, a car wreck and and you both went through it then 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 you're like oh yeah we're on the same boat because we both we both we both actually went through this experience together, right? But again, that's just going through the same experience together. What empathy is is this idea of like trying to, of trying to match the other person or to actually trying to imitate the other person's feeling. This this whole concept of feeling into or in feeling is the very origin of the term, and it plays into all of this social justice stuff. It plays into all of this social justice stuff again. It's Inconsistently, so how it does it, but but it does, it does. It comes right out of critical philosophy, uh, uh, the critique, we might say, uh, of 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 Kant. This whole idea of critiquing knowledge, you know, this is this is this comes right out of that, you know. Oh, so you see a, you see an angry person, so you automatically want to imitate their anger. Is that biblical? No, no, that's not biblical. Because that wouldn't be righteous indignation. But if you're saying that, okay, empathy is biblical, then you'd have to say that. You'd have to say, well, if a person is mad, then we should just imitate their madness. That's what, that's what empathy is. I would encourage you, if you're, if you're lost on the topic of empathy, and if you haven't really had an opportunity to, to parse it, go to, the, go to the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy. There's there's a great write-up on it. I'm not gonna go through all of it here, but just know that empathy is a is a is a is a what what do I wanna say? It's a it's a foundational uh it's a foundational epistemological concept, philosophical concept, that bolsters or upholds or undergirds critical race theory. And this whole idea of perspectivalism or standpoint epistemology Uh, it it flows into all of that because again you know uh, it it forces you into having feelings or trying to have feelings uh, that you really cannot genuinely or organically have because you've never been you've never been through what that what the other person has been through okay and uh, you know what this, what this, uh, what this supports in terms of the whole social justice thing. Let me relate it back to that: the social justice thing, critical race theory, intersectionality, and all that. Is you know, let's just use uh, one example: whites, you know, in 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 surrendering power to minorities. Let's say because they are the ones who are benefiting from the current power structures in this country. We need to empathize with others who are of different economical or economic statuses and and we need to we need to feel how and what they feel and that is that is an engine so to speak that should drive us to give away our our power okay it's almost like it's almost like um it's almost like it's trying to force us to do what Christ accomplished and what Christ accomplished perfectly. Um, we are to take the we are to take the, 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 the imperfections and the, and the and the and the and the sadness and the depravity from the other person and put it on ourselves and suffer it for them. Right. And, 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 and we see kind of a little snapshot of this in, um, this whole idea of, of corporate guilt, you know, and Tabidi Annie Abouille like came up with that article a couple of few years ago in 2017, I think it was four years ago now. Wow. He, uh, you know, was saying we were awaiting, you know, corporate repentance for the murder of Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, it was a white guy who did it. Therefore white people share in the guilt, you know, James Earl Jones or uh, James, is it James Earl Jones? No, it's not James Earl Jones. Who am I? uh, 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 It is, uh, I am, I feel terrible. I don't even remember. Um, And of course, you know, when I go to look it up, nobody. Oh, James Earl Ray, not James Earl Jones, sorry. I'm out of my mind. All right, so so because James Earl Ray did this, and he was a white man, uh, white people share in that guilt, right? Um, and, and that's 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 kind of a a a a massive um, scope or a a a kind of cosmic sized version of empathy, right? We need to empathize and understand that we share in that anger of James Earl Ray. And because of that, we need to repent. We need to repent. All right? So, and I'm not going to go into all of the ways that, that, you know, empathy feeds into the social justice narrative or to the critical race, uh, kind of the goal of critical race theory. Um, but it is related, and, and you should be able to see ways that it is. I mean, just by looking at even the, the perspectivalism or the standpoint epistemology aspect. You know, empathy is fabricated epistemological activity for the sake really of signaling virtue. That's 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 what empathy is. It's distinct from sympathy and compassion, which are biblical concepts and have to do with accommodating ourselves to other people, accommodating, accommodating ourselves, not imitating others. All right. It's accommodation, not imitation. Empathy is imitation. Sympathy is accommodation. All right. That's an easy way to remember it. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Hope this was helpful. If it was helpful, please share it wherever you can. Have a good day.